Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Kelly Show. Oops, oops. Uh, thank you to Grimaldi's. I just had an amazing piece of pizza. Boy, oh boy. Where are, why do these people, why do we get all these pizzas? It's amazing. It's the best pizza in the world. Uh, and New York pizza is all pretty good, but Grimaldi's is superior. And uh, they're in Harlem. They're at the old Limelight, the discotheque. Remember when we used to go to discotheques? Remember when adults actually went to clubs? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I just heard about it. I know Studio 54, adults went to th- that place. I remember adults did go to the limelight. Now you have to be between the ages of like 16 and 20. And if you're out of that set, if you're not there, you're, you're, you're too old to be going to any clubs. I don't even know where they are. And the clubs are basically underground, but there was a time, I guess it was before television when adults, men and women went to, went to clubs. They went to the, the store club. They went to that, uh, Toot Shores place and they talked and they intermingled. And television augmented life. It wasn't life. Now it's life. I told you about this. I'll get, I'll get to this sophisticated person. I used to think she was sophisticated. And then all she can talk about is the golden age of television and everything she's watching on television. You know, silly little girls or dumb little girls. What is the name of that? Pretty little liars. Pretty little girls, dumb little girls. One of those shows. Forget it. It's useless. Uh, there's more important stuff going on. They are coming for. Our freedom. They don't want us to have any. And Donald Trump is the example. Get in line. Do not, do not shoot your mouth off. Do not say stuff we don't like. We will go through your past and we will find something and we will exploit it. I love how he just, did you hear what happened? He walked out of the courtroom. He just walked the hell out. That fraud case, E. Jean Carroll, the dilapidated, broken down woman, Obviously has a serious, she's obviously on something or brain damaged. There's something really wrong with her. And instead of getting her the help that she needs, um, they're exploiting her. And I think she's a willing co-conspirator in all this. Get Trump, get Trump, because after all, he's a threat to democracy. Well, you've been lied to. They have all been lied to. Some of these liberals, I got to say, actually, you know, they you can be liberal. We can disagree on things like abortion and the death penalty and taxes. We can have that discussion, but and that, we used to debate those kinds of things. But they've been lied to about Trump and that he poses, right, the threat to democracy, all that stuff, that he's a monster. So you can see why some of these people are all ginned up because 24-7 they have gotten the fake news about Trump. Um so he just walked out. What is this? The E. Jean Carroll penalty phase. More on that in a moment. Hey, did you see my report? I put it out. It's online. And we talked about it here yesterday. Nikki Haley and her husband, Bill or Michael, Michael or Bill. His actual name is Bill, but Nikki insists on calling him Michael. 
It's very weird, actually. I mean, who, who would, who would, oh, wait, 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 you got my, uh, uh, yeah, listen to this. Um, no, I want, I want the one where she says they changed the name. Um, no, it's not there. Mm. Nikki in her book says that she meets her husband and his name is, um, Bill, but she says, you know, you look like a Michael and she starts calling him a Michael. She starts calling him Michael. It's just the strangest thing in the world. Who does that? Why? And where is this guy? Where is Michael or Bill? Where is he? He's in Africa. He's in Africa. What the hell is he doing in Africa? He's in the National Guard. He's he's, he's fighting terrorism. Okay, well, you know what? He's 56 years old. Young people do that. 18-year-olds, 22-year-olds. You don't need a... A 56-year-old guy running around? It's not like he's a four-star general. He's a major. He's mid-level, mid-level manager. It's what is going on because when you're running for president, you got to have your spouse by your side. That's what happens. That's what happens in America. Cut eight, please. Listen to this. As we look at Washington and as rancorous and partisan as Washington looks, I think we'd like a leader. Hey, 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 stop. That's Barbara Bush. All right. That's year 2000 sticking up for W. Keep going, Barb. Work with people who respects other people's ideas and respects other people's opinions. And that's what I think George would do. That's the kind of leader he would be. The only person in this race who I believe has a chance of uniting this country around a set of common values is my husband, Barack Obama. Uh-oh. We know who that is. Stop. Michelle, that, uh, was that the time that she became proud to be an American for the first time in her life? All right, keep going. There has never been anyone Bill. better prepared for the job that awaits the next president than Hillary. Never. He will make America prosperous. He will make America proud. And yes, this man I know so well, Donald Trump, with your help and God's grace, will make America great again. So that's how it works, right? It's the biggest thing in your life. Nikki Haley is out there alone, and Michael, her husband, is on duty in the National Guard. It's weird, folks. It's weird. All right. Not many people can say this. They wouldn't feel comfortable. Oh, support the troops, support the troops, support the troops. You can't be seen as not supporting the troops. I support the troops, but I don't blindly support anything. And I'm not gullible and neither should you be. And that's what uh, Nikki wants us to be. You know, it's one thing to serve. It really turns me off to brag about service. Cut nine. You know, I'm the proud wife of a combat veteran who served in Afghanistan. I'm doing this for my husband, Michael, and his military brothers and sisters because they need to know their sacrifice means something. I am the proud wife of a combat veteran who served in Afghanistan. I wanted you to see that cute husband of mine because he's going to be leaving us for a while. Freedom isn't free. And thank God for our men and women that put on that uniform every day. And thank God for their families. My husband is a combat veteran. He served in Afghanistan. When he came home to us, there were prayers answered. I'm the wife of a combat veteran who served in Afghanistan. We need to let our military men and women know their sacrifices and their family sacrifices matter. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, I'm skeptical of everything and everyone. All right. These days. 
and I'm especially skeptical of her and that story. Hey, let me tell you a little secret. You set foot in Afghanistan. You set foot and you're in the military. You're a combat veteran, right? That's you automatically. Now, I don't know if you've seen my videos, but I've shown people, all right? Yeah, you've got combat and then you've got the volleyball court. Ever see MASH? <laughs> right? Mobile Army Surgical Hospital MASH on TV, right? Uh, well, you know, Oh, they had a lot of fun on that show. <laughs> uh, and that's actually harder than anything I'm talking about in Afghanistan. Uh, actually, it was in Iraq. I think I tasted creme brulee for the first time in my life at a U.S. military base in Tikrit, Iraq. I had creme brulee. They had a pastry chef. Uh, I know I bought, I think I told you, I bought my first iPod back then when they first came out. I bought my first iPod at a great big PX in Iraq. Yeah, you had guys, you had guys pulling the trigger and out there. And everybody incurs a bit of risk, but it's not what you think. You know, a lot of these were support roles. And I believe her husband, um, the one, you know, combat veteran of Afghanistan was working on agricultural affairs. Agriculture with the Afghan government. Agriculture. Farming. Farming. Now, look, there, some of this stuff, we all know the Pentagon's bloated. And let me tell you, he wasn't ordered to Afghanistan. All right? He sought this out. And he sought it out at a very peculiar age. He was 36 years old when he joined the National Guard in 2006. That's five years after 9-11. That's three years after the Iraq war started. Um, I don't know. He's got two young kids. Do you wake up one morning as a 36-year-old man? Not the morning after 9-11, right? Not the week before we invaded Iraq, but just some random day in 2006. Actually, I don't think it's that random. It's not random because um, what was going on in 2006 uh, with Nikki Haley? What was she doing? Her husband joins the National Guard at the age of 36. You really shouldn't because we need fit young people, right? You got to be fit. You got to be young. They do the bulk of the work in the military. What was Nikki Haley doing? She was uh, a member of the House of Representatives in South Carolina. I have a sneaking suspicion she was thinking about running for governor. And wouldn't it be cute if her husband uh, were in the National Guard? And then she can go around saying that kind of stuff, right? You see how this works. And I said this before. I have to say it again. To a certain degree, that's okay. People join the military for all kinds of reasons. You know, they like the uniforms. College, they're going to pay for it. The GI Bill. I can learn a skill. Computers to fly. Uh, food uh, preparation. You name it. The military does it. Okay. Maybe I just want to get the hell out of this podunk town. Who knows? Maybe I want to run for politics someday. It's going to look good on my resume. Fine. I mean, it's okay. People do that. But to brag about it and to make it all, oh, oh like somehow you are superior because of the association. You know, she actually went around for a while saying that her husband suffered from PTSD because of his time in Afghanistan. And that, mm -mm, there's something very, I just didn't believe that. 
PTSD has been overdiagnosed. And I looked it up. I looked into his background over there in Afghanistan. Maybe he saw some bombs go off. Maybe he didn't. But here's why I'm really skeptical, because I went to her book. She's written three books. She's 52 years old. She's got three autobiographies. And she said that uh, she did talk about PTSD in her most recent book, With All Due Respect, by Nikki Haley. It said uh, PTSD. Yeah, she talked about it. She talked about her PTSD. She had PTSD because she had to go to uh, funerals for people who died in South Carolina, and that gave her PTSD. Uh, uh, you see what I mean, <laughs> right? Is that a bit of a, I think that's a bit of a cheat. And when we throw blindly like support and loyalty and support the troops, no matter what, oh my gosh, they're wearing a uniform. I cannot criticize because after all, they, they're doing a lot more than me, right? They're doing a lot more than you. So we can't say anything, right? No, we have to. Remember, they work for us. We don't work for them. And when the hell has the Pentagon been straight with us, right? Have they been straight with us about anything, anything in the past 50 years? Does this sound familiar? Various uh, generals and admirals telling us how great things are going in Iraq and Afghanistan. Right up until the day we lose. Cut 13. I think uh, that the development of the Afghan army is on a very good path right now. We, we've made tremendous strides, incredible progress in the last 20 months. The solid partnership has been the thing that has been really striking for me all around the country. It's fair to ask if we're winning in Afghanistan. I believe the answer is yes, and several facts allow me to say that with confidence. And we've seen some great, great uh, progress in some of the operations based even at the tactical level on the intelligence uh, structure. They showed me the positive changes they have helped bring about, the villages they can now enter, the, uh, the Afghan police and forces they are training and trying to improve. They're all liars. All of them. The Afghan military folded in, I can't remember, was it 20 minutes or 25 minutes, Right. I know being positive is is good in life, right? But when you're when you're in the business of life and death and you ignore reality, people will die and people did die and it's on them. No more of this stuff, all right? No more. All right. Just can it, can it. And the people who say they support the troops, they don't even mean it anyway. Especially that Chris Sununu Nikki Haley's friend in New Hampshire. More on him in a moment. Be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. 
visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is the Greg Kelly Show. This is, uh, I think this guy's got to resign from politics. The governor of New Hampshire, his name is Chris Sununu, and he ran for president. Donald Trump is right. He was running for president without declaring for president. He really wanted to be president. But golly gee willikers, he can't because, number one, he looks like he's 13 years old. Um, And number two, he's totally out of touch with the people. His dad was the chief of staff to George H.W. Bush, John Sununu. His brother is a U.S. senator. Um, And Chris, I just, uh, you know, I I listen to the guy. All right. Does he uh, don't you have to surrender? Don't you have to just quit politics? When you go around for two years saying stuff like this and then what happened? Go ahead. As far as former President Trump, I think he's going to run. Obviously, he's in the race. He's not going to be the nominee. That's just not going to happen. Um, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity to bring forward what the, the Republican Party, not what we were, not yesterday's leadership or yesterday's story um, or, or crying about what happened in November of 22, but what we're going to bring to the table and get done tomorrow. That's what America is looking for. And so I'm really confident that whoever comes out uh, of the Republican nomination process is uh, is going to lead this country and, and will be able to deliver a win in 24. And I'll I'll back him. Right now, if the election were today, Ron DeSantis would win in New Hampshire. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis would right. win in Florida. So um, he's I think the former president is trying to find a path to be back that that leading voice of the party. I think a lot of us are, uh, you know, that, that potentially may get in the race, want to have something to say about the direction of that conversation. But yeah. um, look, I, again, Thank you for your service. We're moving on. Uh, I just don't believe the Republican Party is going to say that the best leadership for America tomorrow is yesterday's leadership. That doesn't make any sense. That is not in our DNA as Americans. It's kind of the antithesis of the American spirit to settle for yesterday's news. We want the next generation, the next big idea. And that's what we're going to deliver. All right. See what I mean? That was in March of 2023. But that one phrase there, thank you for your service. He's talking about President Trump. Yeah, thank you for your service. So whenever I hear that, thank you for your service. Right. Thank you for your service for that's what you say to the folks in the military. Thank you for your service. It's insincere. It doesn't mean anything. And uh, that's that's proof of it right there. Wow. Chris Sununu. Um, <laughs> how can you how do you go on from that? I mean, can you like I don't think you should say another word about politics for the rest of his life. How wrong can you be? I don't think anybody could be wronger than that guy in so short a time. He made about 55 wrong predictions. Right. You see it. So. All right. Excuse me. Oh, the other thing I want to say about uh, why we should not give deference, quite frankly, to anybody. All right. Anybody. I want to be skeptical when they say, oh, you've got I don't care who it is, what they look like. I don't care what their record is. I don't care because they will use whatever prestige, whatever um, accolades we throw their way, especially with the military, especially and they'll use it against us. You heard those lying generals, right? Well, 
I think nobody takes the cake like Colin Powell. And what I'm going to show you, he was famously a Republican, right? He came out and he said he's a Republican and he can't run for president in 1995 because he's a Republican. And it's a call he does not hear. But boy, oh boy, did he hear it. Stay with me. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Will you endorse President Obama this race? Well, you know, I voted for him in 2008, and I plan to stick with him in 2012, and I'll be voting for he and for Vice President Joe Biden next month. Powell announced he will vote for Clinton, reportedly saying she is balanced, she has temperament, and no matter what anyone says, she has stamina. I support Joe Biden for the presidency of the United States because those values still define him. And we need to restore those values to the White House. Colin Powell, the only buddy who benefited from um, his service to the country was Colin Powell. He was the guy who sat down in front of the whole world, and he knew that war in Iraq, invading the plan to invade Iraq, he knew that shouldn't have gone down. He knew that was a bad idea. But he took all the prestige that we gave him, all of the accolades, all of the support, all of the support, the troops stuff, right? And he embodied it all. I mean, wow, what an American success story. Comes from the Bronx, happens to be African-American, four-star general, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he's a Republican. He came out as a Republican, actually, in the 90s. Ronald Reagan gave him some great jobs, national security advisor. He takes all that stuff and he justifies the war in Iraq by going there and saying there are weapons of mass destruction. When there were none. Anyway, you got to be very careful about this um, giving too much praise, too much credit to anyone, to anyone, including those who served in the military. I'm sorry, but they've weaponized our respect. That's what they've done. They've, and they've used it against us. And I, the, the Democrats, more than anybody, but Republicans too. Pete Buttigieg, remember that twerp? He's the Secretary of Transportation right now. I mean, the fake news, they love two things about him. Number one, gay. And you can look it up. They wrote something like 10,000 articles about him when he was running for president as the South Bend of, uh, what was he, South Bend, Fort Wayne, South Bend, Indiana mayor. I think has about 60,000 people who live there. And they kept writing about him because he's gay. Political journalists just love that for some reason. I don't care. I just think that South Bend, Indiana is not the kind of training ground to be president. You know, there was another guy mayor of a small town in Florida, Miramar, Florida. And uh, Miramar, Florida is actually bigger than South Bend. Can't remember his name, but he ran for president, too, as a Democrat. Nobody was interested in him because, uh, well, let's look him up. Oh, I see. He's got a wife and two kids. He has a wife who's a woman, and he's a man. See? That did not intrigue our political press. Oh, but not only was he gay... He was military. Oh, my goodness gracious. Gay and the military. Now that, now that's, that's a hunk. Cut 10. Let me tell you about my relationship. Pete served in Afghanistan. He was a naval intelligence officer. He's been on the ground. Pete's an Afghanistan veteran. Buttigieg is obviously a veteran of the Afghanistan war. Pete is a veteran. He's a fellow veteran. He served our country with honor. Uh, he scammed his way into the military is what he did. Total scam. Totally scammed his way into the military. You could do what Pete Buttigieg, you could join the military by the time this show is 
over, actually, if you want to join the Navy Reserves, that little obscure corner. All you got to do is fill out a form, and you can call yourself an ensign in the in the Navy. <laughs> it is a joke. It is a scam, and boy, oh, boy, did this guy exploit it. And there he is on stage. How dare you question my credentials? How dare you say anything about my commitment? How dare you question my judgment? Mm, cut 11. Let me tell you about my relationship to the First Amendment. It is part of the Constitution that I raised my right hand and swore to defend with my life. That is my experience, and it may not be the same as yours, but it counts, Senator. It counts. It counts, Senator. It counts. Do you realize I could say that? I could say that every day. I can say that in any argument I ever get in. I raise my hand to support and defend the Constitution, and I would risk my life. So, therefore, I get pizza for lunch. I mean, it's just, it's absurd. And it's uh, it's happening all over again with Nikki Haley, all right? Nikki, 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 uh, who's basically a Democrat. All right, enough about her. Did you hear about the uh, execution in Alabama? Yeah, they put some guy to death. Uh, he killed a woman in 1988. And, all right, I'm basically pro-death penalty. Although you got to be good and sure the guy did it. All right? We don't want any innocent people being killed. And this guy confessed. He definitely did it. Not a question about his innocence. I think it's a little bit too long to wait, don't you? You kill somebody in 1988 and they kill you in 2024? How many years is that later? It's a lot of years. 36? Fingers crossed. 36. So, no, it's 36. (laughs) You know what? That is a pet peeve of mine right there. You interrupt me to correct me with wrong information, right? I'm right. And you... I'm trying. You're you're like like the Candy Crowley of radio engineers. Do you know who that is, Candy Crowley? No. She interrupted interrupted Mitt Romney to correct him with wrong information. And wussy Mitt Romney just took it and went back to his little stupid stool and sat down. You think Trump ever would have done that? He said, hey, Candy, why don't you go back to the candy store, do whatever you're doing, and uh, get the hell out of here? Um, anyway, no, it's okay. It's okay. But all right, 36 years. I must admit, I'm still – it could be 40, 36 years. Um, oh, and they used nitrogen to kill him. Nitrogen. Nitrogen gas. And there are people in the fake news trying to say that this is torture. This is cruel and unusual punishment, and the guy uh, suffered grievously. Well, I don't know how anybody's going to know that, right? We can't interview the guy. And somebody said, well, they saw him twitch. They saw him twitch. It wasn't like he was foaming at the mouth. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather take the nitrogen than get electrocuted. How about you? I'd rather take the nitrogen than face the firing squad. I would rather take the nitrogen than the the noose, right? Nitrogen sounds the way to go. And the first thing they do is they knock you out, right? You're unconscious. And then the poison is entered, and then they – and then you're eliminated. But really, the other thing that bothers me about this case and hearing about it, and I have just – this is just a fresh example. No one's talking about the woman this guy killed in 1988, Mrs. Sennett, S-E-N-N-E-T-T. What a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that happened to her. Two guys pretended they were on a home invasion and beat her to death. And they stole, they took out a VCR, right? VCR is 1988, to make it look like it was a burglary or a robbery, a home invasion. 
and they beat her with anything they could find. They, they, they apparently they stabbed her eight times. Then they found some uh, some of those uh, those pipes and poles around the fireplace. What do they call them? And irons, I believe. They beat her with the fireplace equipment. Uh, they beat her with a you know the mixing thing. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the roller. You know when you're flattening bread. They beat her with one of those things. Um, just a horrible, horrible death. And no one's mentioning that. No one mentions anything about her. Not even her name. I saw on CNN. They didn't even mention the name of the woman who was killed. Mrs. Senate left behind two children. They were in their 20s. And I think maybe one of the worst things about it is, guess what really happened? Her husband hired those guys. Her husband hired those guys to make to kill her and make it look like a home invasion. And how about this? The husband, Mr. Senate, S-E-N-N-E-T-T, was a pastor at the church. He was fooling around with one of the congregants, and they were uh, living large, and he had financial problems, so he wanted this woman out of the picture so he could get the, the insurance. But he never envisioned that he was going to be questioned by the police. And the moment the police said, uh, excuse me, pastor, can we ask you a few questions? He turned bright red. Ran out of the station house, goes to his kid, said, I did it. I had her killed. I'm sorry. And grabs a gun and shoots himself. <laughs> Just did not want to face the music. Um, and these two slobs who actually did do the murder, one was executed back in 2010, the other one last night. And uh, everyone's crying about this guy because they used nitrogen. If they use the good old-fashioned um, lethal dose of poison, you know, the lethal injection, nobody would care. I think it's totally fine to use the nitrogen. Hey, we haven't heard from Jamal in a while. Look who's back. How are you, pal? Great to hear from you. First of all, Happy New Year to you. I promise my family I will limit my phone call to you. But today, you made me come out of my cocoon. Number one, you made a bunch of points, and I want to agree on certain points. The governor of New Hampshire, him and his buddy and his father, people, they should check in it. They're contaminating Ecuador to a company that they own. Wait, so they're, contaminate, know, but they're contaminating what? There is a mining company that operates in South America, and they own it. And they have lawsuit after lawsuit against them because they're contaminating the environment. If that's what you want to know about this guy. Well, look, I mean, if you own a mining company, uh, there are a lot of reasons to not like the Sununus. That they own a mining company. Man, I wish I had a, a mining company. I Oh, that would be great. Um, I, I imagine you get you get sued by people all the time. You know, I mean, that's just part of the that's the cost of getting that stuff out of the uh, out of the earth. What kind of stuff do they mine? Do you know? Is it copper? Is yes, it nickel? I, is it cobalt? What? Yeah, they do. They do very nasty stuff. But I didn't call you about that. But, but I wait a second. I mean, we, we don't know that. I mean, look, they're probably I don't know. Look, mining is a dirty business by definition. You got to get dirty when you go down there. And I'm sure the Sununus are nice to their workers. But uh, now the other thing that we don't like about him is, uh, you know, just how politically tone deaf he is, how arrogant he is. And the old man was using hel Marine One, a helicopter you know, the president's helicopter to go to baseball card conventions. Did you know that, Jamal? He was flying all over the United States in military aircraft to go to uh, antique baseball card conventions. Anyway, so, um, all right, so we agree about that. What else? No, 
yeah, number one, I call you to wish you the best of holiday, uh, New Year. All right, give I it to me straight now. Give me, give me the bad news. The bad news. No, there is no bad news. You give me a good news. I want your candidate become the Republican candidate. Because this time, when he lose big, including Texas and Florida, because we got the Ted Cruz on the election, same time that he's on the Texas ballot. All right, I get it. I get it. You're one, you're one of the Democrats who think that Trump is beatable. Uh, let me ask you something. Is that why uh, Joe Biden and Merrick Garland have had this guy arrested four times in the past year? If they thought he was so beatable, and why are they suing in state after state to get him off the ballot? Why are they coming up with these crazy charges to try to put him in jail? Why are they doing all that stuff? Hmm? Why the impeachment after he left? If this is the guy they can beat, and Jamal, you're wrong. The data shows that he can win. He definitely can win. So your whole thesis is is wrong. I mean, I, I get it. You're, you're you're from an emotional place. I can see that. I can feel that. We can hear that. But um, you can't cite much in the way of data that tells us that he is unelectable. That's not true. It is not true. And I'm kind of curious, what is it about Joe Biden that you want to see, that you're so happy about, that you'd like to see another four years with this decrepit, nasty, divisive, uh, unskilled jerk? Why do you, what do you see in that guy? Am I allowed to say that? I asked you a question. Okay. Inflation is low. Unemployment is low. Economy is, is low. Do you want me to go through every list because you got people in your side that they say something happening? Do you hey, want hey, me to go hey, through hey, the hey, list? Calm down. Look, the economy comes and goes. All right? You know that. The economy often, you know, there's an old adage, actually, in political science that says, um, the president gets the credit when the economy goes good. He also gets the blame when the economy goes bad. But the president has not as much to do with the economy as you might think. Look, if you think that Joe Biden deserves this, if you think that the recovery, the post-COVID recovery is because of Joe Biden, right, that, that he's actually being honest when he talks about the greatest economic surge in history, that that doesn't come from what reopening the country after COVID. And they killed it, you know, to get rid of Trump. Jamal, once again, we are totally at odds, but that's fine. Um, thanks again for calling. And um, you, Greg, I love you. Thanks right. for taking my phone call always. All right. Best wishes to you and your team. He's going to lose big, including Texas and Florida. You sound like Chris Sununu. You remember Chris Sununu? Yeah, like your friend, just just the other day. You sound just like that guy. And um, anyway, I'll see you later. Uh, for your sake, oh by the way, Jamal, for your sake and the sake of your family. I really feel like um, it would be in everyone's best interest if Trump wins. It really, we'd have peace in the world and uh, this woke stuff. I can't believe that you, your family, they're not into this woke stuff, right? You don't want drag queen. You live in New York City. You realize your tax dollars are going to drag queen story hour? You know that? You believe in that okay. stuff? Uh, Jamal, you're, you're a conservative guy in certain respects. Do you think drag queens should be hanging around with kids? Do you think children should be considered gender neutral by default? Do you believe that? I believe it 100 percent because it's the free All right, Jamal, Jamal, Jamal. No, 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 it's not. No, 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 no. Not when it comes to our children and not when it comes to public schools. A free country, you can do whatever the hell you want to do. No, actually, that's not the arrangement. You know, we're not a pure democracy. We are a constitutional republic, and there are safeguards built in. So when the country goes crazy, 
whether it's Trump derangement syndrome or suddenly becomes over-sexualized and fetishized and somehow it's considered a civil right for perverted men to go into a school and hang around with children as they dress in women's underwear, that that somehow is freedom? It's not. It's it's the lowest form of tyranny, and we're going to beat it, Jamal, and you're going to benefit in the law. You are going to benefit if our side wins. I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, the war on women continues, especially white women. Watch out. Watch out. They're still trying to punish you and coerce you into voting uh, Democrat. White women, what is their big offense? What is their big offense? Well, voting for Trump in 2016. More white women voted for Trump than for Hillary in 2016. And that's when this whole Karen thing was born. And uh, you step out of line. You don't even step out of line. If they can portray you as sticking up for your rights, how dare you stand up and defend yourself like this woman did on the train? Uh, what was this Karen's name? Sorry. <laughs> uh her name was um, uh, Pinnix, Brianna Pinnix, P-I-N-N-I-X. And she's totally fine here. Uh, some guy from Germany made a comment, we believe, about her ass, you know, and she didn't like it. And she stood up for herself on the train. Go ahead. Bump up the volume. Hold on, keep going. Oh, what? He said something about her ass. All right, stop. It goes on for a while. We got to got to get better uh, audio, but. At one point, she says, get out of our country. I don't have a problem with what she said. She said it to a group of German tourists, right? They're in this country, and they insult her. She's a little bit drunk. So what? So what? Every time you t- Everywhere you go, every social occasion, there's alcohol all over, all over the place. She came from the Giants game, I think. She had a drink. This guy said something mean about her rear end, and she didn't like it. And her reaction was, okay, you guys aren't even from America? Go back to your country. That is not, that's not the, that's not the N-word. That's not the most horrific thing I've ever heard. It certainly isn't the most horrific thing I ever said. I probably said worse than that. I'm sorry. If you go over to um, any other country in the world and start misbehaving and they know you're American, They're going to say, get the hell out, go to America. We are the most despised and envied group of people in the world. So Brianna Pinnix is trying to get her life back together. I am so surprised it actually came to this. You know, I gave her employer a hard time because the employer waited about eight seconds to fire her. RX Capital, some sort of weird 
middleman between the drug company and the drug store. I don't know what the hell we need with these guys, but they're there. And they put out a statement, our employee, we totally renounce, and she has been terminated, and our values are not her values, and all that stuff. And I thought it would be fun to reverse the pressure, right? Not on her, but on the company for firing her. Anyway, what has she got going here? The New York Post documents everything that happens in her life. Um, Brianna Pinnix, 30, has rebranded herself as a talent acquisition specialist, um, and she honed her skills during her childhood in New Jersey's quaint suburbs. All right. You know, the Post is the greatest newspaper in the world, except when they are jerks, which they are here. You know, they, they, there's a picture of her with a Coco Chanel bag, <laughs> like every woman in New York either has or wants. And then they go into this deep dive about Coco Chanel was a Nazi sympathizer. Give me a break. White women, be careful. You can't win.